Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 434. Never give up and, and believe in what you believe in because I've been told so many times that uh, I wasn't going to be able to make it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jump starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tommy Byrne. Tommy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yes, I'm ready to go, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Tommy Byrne has been a professional racer and operates a race driving and coaching service. And today, Tommy runs Diablo Drift Driving Academy. It's a mobile driving school for teens, adults, and senior citizens where they teach advanced driving skills necessary to remain safe on the road. In his racing career, Tommy has five Formula One starts. He tested for Marlboro McLaren Formula One, raced in Indy Lights, and he was a European Formula Four 2000 champion and a British Formula Four 2000 champion. He also is double British Formula Four champion and winner of the William Hill Irish Sports Book of the Year with his autobiography, Crashed and Burned. Tommy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about your wonderful past on the track and helping people learn how to drive better. Could you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and, of course, your passion for racing cars? Thank you, Mark. Yes, obviously, I started off a long time ago back in Ireland. I think probably in Ireland, uh, growing up as a kid, we didn't have enough money to have cars and stuff, but there was always uh, somebody out there rallying around the roads and driving fast, and it's just you go, wow, I wish I, wish I could do that. And then I remember one day one of my friends that used to, used to hang out, he's an older guy, he drove by racing, I think he was in a Corsair in Ireland, racing a Triumph TR6, driving by the gas station I was in, and I just looked up and went, oh my gosh, I wish I could, <laughs> wow, that's just, I've never, seen, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So there I uh, went to a driving school in Mondello, there's only one track in Ireland, and it cost $15 for 15 laps, and then I was hooked on it, I just, uh, I decided that day I came home, I spun seven times out of 15 laps in the wet. And when I came home that day, I decided I was going to be a race car driver, just like that. <laughs> well, it's pretty darn cool to make a decision like that and move into it. And you did become a race car driver. I mean, you raced 
in all sorts of things. And you kind of worked your way through the ranks. I see Formula Ford and then you ended up Formula One. So before we get into some of the questions, tell us a little bit about how that whole racing career transpired. I went from Ireland. I started in 1976 in Ireland at school I did for 15 laps. Then I bought a car the next year with borrowed money, of course. We had no money growing up in Ireland. I had no money, nothing. Uh, but I had a lot of good friends, so they all helped me. And I guess I got a works drive. I went to the Formula Ford Festival in England in 1977 and 1978. And I got a works drive from 1979 in England. So I actually got paid. I left Ireland in 78, went to England to, to drive and got paid for it. First time ever. I don't know if it's ever been done before uh-huh. because there was a lot of buzz. I, I was crazy enough that there was a buzz about me. And at this stage, all I ever did was crash. But there was still there was still a buzz that if I could stay on the track long enough, I was going to be really good. Uh-huh. And uh, and I went from there, and I got that first year in '79 with, with the, the works team. Then I got another drive the next year. So in 1982, I drove uh, in Formula One and uh, the first Formula One race, which is in Austria, the Austrian ring in Austria. Wow! So five years later, I was I drove in Formula One. <laughs> Just incredible. I mean, just incredible. Absolutely fantastic. We're going to learn more about you as we move through this. And this this driving school you're doing now, Diablo, is absolutely fantastic to help people be safe on the road. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start my, by asking my guests for a success quote, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life and in your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Tommy, take the wheel. I guess I'm not – I just don't know about the, the quote – but I will say one thing. I don't know if it means anything, but I will certainly say never give up mm. and, and believe in what you believe in because I've been told so many times that uh, I wasn't going to be able to make it, and not just in the in the racing to, to try and get to Formula 1, uh, but in business, the Diablo Drifter. We own the Diablo Drifter machine, mm-hmm. and we don't just have the school. We sell the machines as well. And um, I would say just never give up and don't listen. I mean, you just... <laughs> have to pursue it's not so much a dream anymore it's just you have an idea and you have to follow through absolutely you know i've heard this i've I've had many racers on the show here cars yeah and uh, many you've heard of people like lynn st james and ari leindyke and vic elford and patrick long and hurley haywood i mean all sorts of people that have made careers out of racing and all of them share that same comment you just cannot give up and racing's that way you could be down at the last lap you could be in fourth place and Something happens to those guys in front of you, and all of a sudden you got the checkered flag. So talking about talking, sorry, I need to jump in there a little bit more. Yeah. Talking about Ari Leindach. First time I raced against Ari was in Long Beach in 1983. I was driving an Anson Super V car uh-huh. that, Gar- that Gary Anderson designed. Gary Anderson from Jordan fame. He designed it. I came over here with him, and my first race in America at the time was I was on pole position by one second. Wow! At Long Beach, Ari Leindach was second. Uh-huh. Everybody jumped to start. I ended up in tenth place in the first lap. Oh no! Caught everybody back up again, and caught Ari back up with five laps to go, and he was faster in the straightaway. So I was out breaking him at the end, and uh, we ran into each other with two laps to go, and uh, the third place guy won the race. Oh. Gosh, well, I'll tell you something. I was at that race. <laughs> I was at that race. I lived in Southern California at the time in Del Mar, and I would go up to Long Beach and watch those races. I probably have some pictures of you. So I'll have to dig through some of my old photo prints from way back when. That's very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I mean, you talked about 
wanting to go racing. What was that pivotal moment like in your life when you said, you know what, I'm going to be a race car driver? Well, it was I, when I drove it. When I drove, I, I think I watched Grand Prix, the, the movie Grand Prix mm-hmm. at the time, 1975 or 76. I think I watched it, and there's only one track in Ireland. And I remember they used to stay outside the hotel, which is right beside our house, the guys in race cars on the way to the track. Uh-huh. And, and they'd have the Formula Ford Crosley 1600s or, or Hawks on the back of their trailers out in the open, just like the Formula One movie I've seen yep. uh, six months before that. And I remember sitting into the car outside the hotel, and I sat in that car, and I went, I just felt like Jimmy Clark or, or James Garner, obviously, who was in the movie at the time, and I just felt like one of those guys, and I went, wow. And it wasn't much longer after that that I actually went through that school uh, for, for the 15 laps, and I didn't have a driving license. I had nothing. They just don't, didn't ask in those days, and that's kind of where it got going, watching, the, watching, the car, watching that car in the back of the hotel and sitting into it, and I sat there, and I went, wow. Probably watching the movie, Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. Well, Tommy, what I'd love to do now is talk a little bit about huge challenges, big failures, things that have happened in your career along the way. Obviously, racing is fraught with that, but life is fraught with it as well. Could you share a big challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way? But the really important part of this has to do with how did you overcome it? How did you come out of it? And what did it teach you? I think probably failures, probably working in the bit because I worked for so many years as a driver and then you become a, a driver coach and it's very difficult and um, being a driver coach when you've won six championships and you've done everything you would expect that somebody should listen to you because they hired you mm-hmm. probably with the Volkswagen Cup I think the Volkswagen Cup came out and um, it's, it's a diesel series and I was hired to be a driver coach and I got hired and I didn't do a contract there's no contracts in racing but I was hired and it was a more of a corporate compared to probably what I am. I'm more of a, a guy, you know. I'm I'm the guy that tried to keep everybody happy and teach. And uh, I guess I didn't gel with those guys. And the next thing I know, I went to one of the races after the third race, and everybody was walking around with their radios on, and I didn't have a radio. Mm. And then I got a letter in the or an email from a secretary a week later that thank you very much for having Tommy and. Uh, but uh, we don't need you anymore. Oh no! And that that kind of uh, that kind of hurt a little bit. I would guess. Um, and it certainly it certainly brings you back to thinking, and they have to get up and you know get up by your bootlaces and and move on and make sure you do a better job and make the right decisions the next time. Absolutely. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. Talk a little bit about what I like to call a career aha moment. You know, I'm not sure where you're going to take us with this, but when you even think about what you're doing with Diablo Drift and the actual device that you put on vehicles to help people learn how to control a car when it's out of control. But is there a time in your life when you had one of those career aha moments? I like to say it's when the headlights come on and kind of help guide your way down a path. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. I don't know how I could, I don't know how to answer. I'll try the aha moment. Are you talking about maybe aha moment when I had to get a real job? Well, it could it could be that, you know. I like to say it's kind of when you realize, yeah, it could be, yeah, oh, my gosh, I've got to get a job. <laughs> and I, I, I raced for uh, 20 years. I was down in Mexico in 90. I raced down in Mexico for two years, 94, 95. I drove, or 93, 94, I'm not too sure. I drove uh, Formula 3, e Formula 2, uh, and I was down there, and I was getting, actually, I was getting well paid. And uh, but at the end of it, when it was all over, I was kind of that was my last, that was my last hurrah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then that's when I started thinking. That was like twenty something years ago. 
because you always think you're going to get the big bucks. You're always waiting for one more year, and I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get with the IMSA team. I'm going to get here. I'm going to get there. So I think it was a matter of, hey, you know, I think it's time for me to, uh, to get a real job. And that's when I talked to Calvin Fish, a good friend from um, England, and he lives, works over here now. And then he got me in with Mid Ohio. I started working up there. So basically, since 1974, I've been more into working rather than. Uh, trying to make it in racing. Yeah, yeah, and and that's doing drivers coaching, helping people. That was that was driver. Well, middle high. I've been doing that for twenty one years. Wow. I do some days. I do a hundred days a year. Sometimes some years. Sometimes at fifty days a year. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's probably where you'll find me the most, and that's where I come up with my Diablo Drifter idea, because I worked for so long teaching teens and teenagers, and I worked in a skid car, and it was always a it's a big huge skid car. I think it's made up there with its sold from people up where you are in Portland. It's called Skid Car. Mm-hmm. It cost about 50 grand. And I sat in that for 15 years. And we never changed the settings of it. We always kept oversteer. Mm. Same setting, oversteer. So I thought, you know, I would like to get something like um, mobile so as it can go in the trunk of the car so as you can take it and you can start doing driver training, for, especially for teens in parking lots all over the country and have it available for everybody. So I made my own. And then I eventually um, met Gary Anderson, the Formula One designer in Indianapolis in 2008. And I showed him mine. I showed him the idea. I told him what I wanted. I said, I'd like to put them into production for under 10 grand uh, so everybody can get them. Yeah. And uh, he took one He took one look at mine. And uh, he said, I was about to put it on the car. And he goes, no, nah, it's okay, Tommy. I got a better idea. So he actually designed the Diablo Drifter. And... Um, and then it's been up and running now. Dave Meehan is my partner. He used to be a uh, used to be a mechanic for Senna mm-hmm. in 1981 and Senna's Formula Ford Championship wow. here. And uh, he's my partner, and um, we're doing pretty well. And uh, we we sell them, and we have now uh, we do our own schools, uh, Diablo Drifter Driving Academy, because we have the machine to go in the trunk to go to anywhere we want without having to have a big fifty thousand uh, dollar skid car with a de- with a dedicated car. And a truck and everything else. It's it's actually worked out so much better than I ever expected. Oh, fantastic. I love it. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that really stands out for you? The career moment would be uh, in 1980 or 81 when Ayrton Senna retired from racing. And the person he was driving for was Ralph Furman, who, who owned Van Diemen. I was driving for the same for the same team, I was one year ahead of Senna, and Senna quit. And Ralph uh, asked me, Tommy, can you win the Formula Ford Festival for me in our car next year, this year in, in one month's time? And I said, sure, if it's got that special engine in there uh, and it's Senna's car, yes, I can win it. And then um, I took on the project, I did the deal, and it was a little bit harder than than I expected because of whatever reasons. But I won all four races, and I won the Formula Ford Festival, which catapulted me. Uh, Actually, it was called the Marble World Cup, but it catapulted me into a free Formula 3 drive at the end of the year in Thruxton, uh, South England, which I finished second in. And uh, that catapulted me to get in a free Formula 3 drive the next year at Murray Taylor. So that one race did more for me than winning four championships. Uh, all over Europe you know, for the two years before that. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Very cool. I love it. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Uh, what was your first really special car? And if you want to talk a little bit about a first special race car, uh, that'd be fine too. <sighs> my first special car, special car, well, my first car was a Fiat 500. 
<laughs> cool. <laughs> so that means I don't know if it was special, but it was my first car, I was 14 years of age. Yeah. Um, and I paid five pounds for it, which would be seven dollars. Five pounds! Oh my gosh! Yeah. And uh, my second car was a Fiat six hundred, and I I paid uh, ten pounds for that one. Well, you're moving up. Uh, and my third car was a Hillman Minx Estate uh, station wagon, and it only uh, it only worked in reverse gear, so I used that one for about a couple of months around the field backwards. Oh my gosh! So I don't know if I don't know if it was special, <laughs> but my first special car would be I built it myself. Was a I was into Mini Coopers or Minis over there uh-huh. in Ireland. Ireland and England, there's always Minis for years. Oh, yeah. So I made my own Mini Cooper. Uh, with uh, I had a 1300cc engine in it rather than a 1275S engine. Mm-hmm. The closest thing for cheap would have been a 1300cc out of a 1300 car. Uh, and I had the 13-inch wheels on it, and then I extended the back axis and the 13-inch wheels and that. And uh, I, I spent probably a year building this car. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a wedding. I think I was 16 years of age. And then I went to a wedding. And uh, on the way home from the wedding, I hit a tree sideways. And that was the end of the, that was the end of my car. Uh, so it took me a year to build it, and it took me about uh, one wedding to kill it. One wedding to kill it. Yeah, yeah completely, completely trash. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm glad you survived that accident. But trees usually win when it comes to cars and trees. Yes. Uh, every time they they always win. How about a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Is there one of those that exists, or maybe even yeah. it's a race car you race that you wish you had in a collection? Of course, yeah. I wish I had my very first car I ever raced. Like I wish I had my very first helmet I ever raced, mm. or I ever won, or I had my first trophy. Um, but when I was racing, I give everything away. Oh wow! Okay. So I give, I give the trophies away. I give the helmets. When somebody came up and said, "Hey, what you do with your old helmet, Tommy?" I said, "No, I got it back in the house. Can I have it?" Sure. Wow. <laughs> so, so I give everything away. So for sure, because uh, you know, I wrote the book, and there's a movie coming out, documentary coming out. So. Now, I'm thinking back, well, maybe I should have kept some of that stuff. Yeah, well, you know, we change in our lives, and sometimes things that mean something are things that don't uh, kind of change with time. But So they're making a documentary about your book. Yes. Very cool. Well, it's already done. It's, uh, we did 86, it's a couple of Irish guys from southern, from South Ireland, way down in Connemara. And uh, they got in touch with me a couple of years ago, and uh, it's all done. They found the money to do it. We did 85 hours worth of filming and that's to be condensed into an hour and a half Irish television which is who paid for it and then it goes to English television uh, a couple of months after that so yeah that should be coming out next year sometime oh wow so I assume that's your answer to my question about current projects that sounds like a pretty cool project that would be the one the latest project the latest yeah yeah wow very cool can't wait to see that that'll be exciting well before I get to this next question I'd love for you to share a little bit more about Diablo Drift in this program because it you know, it's so important to help people be safer on the road. So can you give us a little example of if we came and participated in this program, what we might expect? Well, the Avalanche Drift is like, obviously, we do one for a dealership here in, in Daytona, and the dealers, the dealership pays for the kids, and they bring 100 kids in one day. And then we'll come in, and I'll bring in my team of, of instructors who've been doing it forever, and then we put on the show. Uh, Mid-Ohio, we do it in Mid-Ohio as well. And then people are doing it all over the country. So there's there's teen schools everywhere. And what I would say is if you can't do it with us or you can't do it in Mid-Ohio, your kid, when they're 15 years of age or 16, they all need to go through a Diablo or a teen defensive driving program. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing it probably for 15 years. And 
it's one of the, when I get a letter from the parents of my kid and the kid, we were driving down the road and the kid nearly crashed out and he remembered what he learned with us and helped save his life. That means more to me than, than it does, you know, winning a race. And uh, what we do is there's, um, there's the Evolution Drift, there's the machine, which is the, you can teach uh, car control uh, in the dry and you can simulate snow or wet or ice because you can adjust it. Wow. And the other one is we have lights. We have an emergency lane change. We've got three lights up there, and we've got three different lanes. And the kid drives down there at 30, 40 miles an hour, and at the last minute they have to pick and choose by looking up at the lights to keep their eyes up and looking looking forward. So we teach them how to get the car out of control and then bring the car back in control again. It's like the X Games of, of, of driver's ed. And the other one would be braking. We have a break. We went down a we went down an area where it's really wet, and we get the kids up to a certain speed, and we have to brake, and look through the turn because you always look away from what you're going to hit, and uh, sitting just sitting position, and adjusting the mirrors so as the kids do not have to look over their shoulder, is enough to save their lives just alone before you even start and do anything else. But right. it's been crazy, and we've we've been doing it for for years, and. Uh, uh, it, it's certainly every kid should have to do it regardless. Well, I can only imagine all the lives you've saved, not only of the drivers, but the people that kids that aren't paying attention or that uh, they get in a situation that might have taken somebody else out. So very commendable. I love that. You're right. Every kid should go to a de- defensive driving school. My children attended them and a uh, huge, huge benefit for them. And they to this day tell me how appreciative they were. We have a great one up here in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle that Don Kitch, another guest here on Cars Yeah, runs. I met him a couple of years ago at the, at the Daytona 24 race. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Tommy. If you were a car, not the kind of car you want to be, but if you were a car based on who you are, your character, whoa, what kind of car would you be? I'm thinking like a little, I'm thinking a little car, mm-hmm. like, a, like a Fiat 500 or a Mini but not a Mini Cooper, a Mini that just looks like a Mini, but inside with a you know with a three hundred horsepower engine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and the same and the same wheels and tires that just like an ordinary car, and, and somebody pulls up with a Jag beside it, and uh, you just take off in a Mini and surprise the heck out of them. And uh, because actually a friend of mine back in Ireland years ago used to have a Mini like that. Okay. So yes, it would be like just kind of I'm thinking like just hidden away. Yeah, hidden speed. I don't know how you would say it, but something like that. A little car with a big engine, but nobody knows. And Tommy would be a sleeper. That's what we call it over here, a sleeper. Exactly. Yeah, a little surprise under the hood. So yes. I like that. Great answer, Tommy. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Tommy, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. The white flag is out. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? 
Okay, go for it. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I don't know if it's the best automotive advice, but uh, it was um, save your money, don't go racing. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a lot of people out there right now laughing like I am because I used to race. Oh, so true. Oh, my gosh. It may not be the right answer, but that's all I can think Yeah, about. I understand. I mean, a lot of our listeners do as well. Would you share one of your personal habits that you help, you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Well, I actually believed I knew it all for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I would say now, uh, over the years of learning, I would say now that you can never stop learning about your, your craft. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent advice. Is there one resource out there that you think our listeners would really enjoy? I would say the Mid Ohio School. I've been there for so long. Um, probably that would be the, the one that uh, I would have to mention, the Mid Ohio School. What's the website for the Mid Ohio School? MidOhioSchool.com. Very simple and easy. I love it. How about a book? Is there one book in particular, obviously, other than your book, which we're going to reference on your show notes page, Crashed and Burned? But is there another book that you've really enjoyed reading you'd like to share? Yes, I did. I read the book, well, Flat Book, obviously, with Perry McCarty. That's the, the first stig, if you ever watch Top Gear. Mm-hmm. That's a really good book. That's kind of was my inspiration to write my book. And the other one is Racing the Rain. Uh, by Garstein. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources that Tommy shared with us today at carsyeah.com slash Tommy Byrne. Tommy's last name is spelled B-Y-R-N-E. All right, Tommy, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car, and I'll include one vintage race car for your collection if you'd like, but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other stuff, but don't worry because the cost, I'm going to handle that for you today. What would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? I'm thinking Mini Cooper S because I could never afford one, and, uh, <laughs> and I just love them so much, and even when I see them today in America, I go up and I look underneath and I take a look at the back to see does it have the extra... The wide the wheel is an inch wider in the back built into it. It's got extra stud in the head. It's got two tanks. I just knew everything about them. I just could never afford them. Yeah, you know, I was introduced to Mini Cooper when I was in college. Roommate of mine had a friend who had one, and he came over and gave me a ride. And I, I'm sorry to say, I don't know if it was an S or not, but I just know that I couldn't believe the corners and the way that guy could go around a corner in that car. I thought we were going to die. It was just like, oh, my gosh, what fun. Just really, really cool little car. So I've often wondered if he still has that to this day. It's been 30-plus years ago, but uh, cool little cars. Well, Tommy, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've I've really enjoyed talking with you and getting to know you a little bit better, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Mini Cooper S? I would say for sure always um, pursue your dreams and uh, never give up. Never give up. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, where you work, and to get a copy of Crashed and Burned? Crashed and Burned right now, it's on Amazon for selling for a couple of hundred dollars each because I don't have any more and so many people are just checking the prices up. But uh, you can buy used ones on either eBay or Amazon and try and find one a little bit cheaper. Uh-huh. Uh, we will be re-releasing it. Uh, come in middle of next year, okay. so it'll be a little bit, uh, be a little easier to find. Yeah, but right now it's a little tough. It's probably going to be used. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep your eyes open, uh, listeners out there. eBay would probably be a great place. Used bookstores, maybe you can come across a copy, or you're going to have to wait to the middle of 2016 
to get your hands on one. I would encourage you to get a copy and read it. It's a great read. We're looking forward to your movie. Listeners, you can find everything Tommy shared with us today at CarsYad.com. Just put Tommy into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Tommy, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.